Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And starting out the show today, we got some, got the news that uh, Jason Spezza has announced his retirement after 19 NHL seasons, um, split between the Ottawa Senators, Dallas Stars, and the Leafs. Um, he's 38 years old. Spezza recorded 995 points and some great news, even though we're sad that he's retiring, but great news that he will join the Maple Leafs front office as a special assistant to general manager Kyle Dubas. So yeah, well, I mean, I was, I was sad that he, because I thought, I mean, he's only five points away from a thousand points, but then the past few weeks, like there's been a lot of chatter, um, I guess, to do with the fact that they want the younger guys, like he'd be taking a spot, let's just say on the on the let's say bottom six uh, for a a player, uh, a younger player that could be just coming into the league. So you kind of, I kind of started thinking once they started talking about that. I thought, yeah, he's probably he's probably done basically in the league. But um, at least they're keeping him on. Definitely the way. Um, I think, Sil, you said a couple of years ago that he'd be great in coaching and or management. And uh, yeah, they managed the Leafs, locked him up, as we said. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that you put this out in a tweet that, you know, knowing the guys the way he does and not being that far removed from, you know, the passion of wanting to win. Okay, it's not going to feel exactly the same for him, but I I think he still got a great influence over this team, and I hope that they use him on the ice as much as off. And I love the comments that I heard from him today that he's basically, you know, looking at this like he's going back to school and he's going to learn a completely new side of of the business of hockey, which which is great. I think he's going to bring the same passion that he has on the ice to. Yeah anything that he has to do off the ice. And uh, I think that because he's such a hockey nerd, he's just going to soak it all up like a sponge. And I have no doubt that he's going to be a success. Yeah. And I was, I was really sad. And, you know, even my daughter, when I was talking to her about it, she was like, Oh, <laughs> like, you know, so, yeah. and you got to feel for the guy. Like when someone is that close to being at a thousand points and you know just wants to hoist the cup so badly it's like you can't can't but feel for him yeah i just was thinking back also to though how uh you know when he started his career with ottawa and with the all the battle of ontarios that we had you know 
how we really didn't like the guy much. Yeah, that's for I sure. I feel a little guilty about that now <laughs> because, because man, I, I just hope that the Ottawa Senators fans um, appreciated what they had in him. Um, but, you know, again, he's been through lots of trials and tribulations over the course of, of, of a really long career. Um, so, you know, likely he's changed as a little, a player a little bit also, but, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, some Ottawa Senators fans are probably kind of feeling, you know, verklempt like we are too today, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, um, I did see on Twitter, the Sens put out their, I guess, thank you to Spezza and the memories that he gave them as an Ottawa senator. And then there obviously was a Leaf fan in there uh, that made a comment back saying, he just doesn't look right in that Sens jersey. He's a Leafs legend. So I was, I laughed at that. I just thought it was funny, right? Because the guy played over 600 games with the Senators. But, but, um, but yeah. And then one thing Spezza said, um, like you were saying, like he's a hockey nerd. Um, like he's, he said today in his, um, I guess message, uh, that he eats, sleeps, and dreams hockey. And it's always been there for him. And then the other thing that I liked, or, kind of gave me a, I was like a, a little bit of a tear, let's just say. He just said to the fans in Ottawa, Dallas and Toronto and across the league, your impact on the game is immeasurable. And I'll never be able to replicate that feeling of stepping onto the ice to hear the roar of the crowd. But it's something I'll always remember. Thank you. And I just thought, you know, as a hockey player, like, it's true. Like, that's what that's what he's an athlete, right? So that's what they live for. And um, that roar of the crowd and that we we cheer them on and yeah, it's going to be different, but I think he's going to do well, definitely in this, uh, in this role as uh assistant to uh, Cal Dubas. So mm-hmm. because he loves it. That's right. So a couple of other news items for our lovely Leafs. Um, there have been already some front office moves um, as senior director of player evaluation, Jim Pagliafito and the hockey research and development analyst Cam Sharon um, are no longer with the club. Like we don't know if it's that they have chosen to leave for, you know, yeah, it was- other pastures or yeah. if they've been let go. But um, uh, Jim Palafiato, in particular, uh, he has uh, a he's basically his fingers are all over the club with uh, many of our European signings in particular. Uh, you know, like Micaiah, for example. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised at that one with the mm-hmm. with Paliofito because I mean, like he's like we've talked about him in previous shows a couple of times related to the draft and scouting in Europe, and he's highly regarded by many people around the league. So um, I I I just I was kind of surprised at that. But they apparently even today, Cal Dubas was saying like with Spezza signing on too as an assistant, um, that there's going to be other changes to come in the front office um, within mm-hmm. the next week or so. So it's going to be... Well, and I find it I find it really interesting that all of this is kind of shaking down uh, before they even go to the draft. Like yeah. normally, like that kind of preparation, a lot of it has probably already been done or is, you know, very much, you know, uh, in the works. Yeah. So... And I know that the changes that they made last season uh, didn't happen until after the draft with some of their um, scouting teams. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting uh, to see um, 
all the different moves and how it impacts, uh, you know, what direction they go. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then the final bit of news here, it's not a not a little bit. It's actually about the uh, signing of Mark Giordano. Um, so that was uh, it was good to hear um, on a two year deal at 800 K per season. So he definitely took a hometown discount. And Giordano will be 39 years old in October. So yeah, I was happy he signed on. I mean, I just found it funny, like, all these guys that come in that like, the veteran players, they all say how over the past few years, they've all said that how they see this team as being a winner. <laughs> and it just hasn't <laughs> happened yet at all. But they all say this. They all say they mm-hmm. see something in, in this team. And I mean, we see it too as fans, but it just, ha- it I don't know, it just hasn't happened. I, and we keep saying next year, next year, but... I don't know. I, I hope Jordan, who is right now, because he's the most recent guy now, saying that he sees mm-hmm. he, he's really impressed with Sheldon Keefe and the detail that goes into um, like everything in their game preparation. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he made he definitely makes the, the it, he can play up in the lineup if let's just say if we have an injury or something. And then also he definitely made like a young guy like Timothy Lilligren, he made him look much better, made him more, have him confidence, basically gave him confidence. Well, what that reminds me of the most is when Riley first came into the league and he was with uh, Ron Hainsey for those seasons and what a big impact that had on Riley's game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's something to be said for that. And if uh, they're going to be a steady pair going forward and, uh, he can help uh, Liljegren, you know, improve, uh, you know, across the board and keep keep working on that confidence for him. I, I think that is going to be huge for our team. So um, and like we were saying in our last show, he's one of the very few defensemen that we have that has a shot from the point. Yeah. So um, that's also good. And. I mean, he, he, by all accounts, he's the one that, that opted to take less. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's a, also, um, is a message to the players also. Yeah. You know, when a guy does that. Yeah, he's so. kind of taking over from, let's say, as the one in the room from Spezza, let's just say yeah, right now. Exactly. It's like the baton has been yeah. passed. Yeah. So he, although he's 39, he's a year older, but he's, uh, it's well. I think Spezza turns thirty nine in this would have been thirty turning thirty nine in this yeah. coming season. I think they came into the league at the same All time. Right. Yeah, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's yeah. it's good to have. I definitely like that signing too. So, so we'll see uh, in October training camp how that goes as to I guess who he ends up playing with and and all that. But there's a lot a lot to get to before we before we get to that point. Anyways, so mm-hmm. before Sil tells us what we're what we got going for this show, a reminder to our listeners to just uh, visit and follow our Kofi page at k it's kofi.com slash ltl nineteen seventy. <laughs> Let me say that again. Kofi.com slash ltl nineteen seventeen. And that's ko dash fi dot com. 
So there you'll find photos and videos that we took from this season and past years at Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, And while you're there, we would really appreciate if you could consider buying us a coffee. Any donation uh, goes towards producing the show and making it better for you. And as we mentioned uh, before, we also have a new website, ladiestalkandleafs.com. And this week, we've got a treat for you. Chris has reviewed Rick Vive's new book called Catch-22, My Battles in Hockey and Life. And we will have that review up on our website on Monday for you. So a little bit of reading to start your week. So now let's get into the show proper, and we are going to start with our grading of the team's regular season. Then we're going to have a look back at our top uh, our top three Ladies Talking Leaves highlight reel moments from the regular season. And in our third period segment, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what Shanahan and company had to say at their season-ending presser. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Going back to this regular season, the 2021-22 regular season, we're going to do the team grades here. And for this, we, instead of going through every individual player, we kind of divided it up into five parts. So um, starting with the core four. Um, so the core four, obviously, most of our listeners should know are Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, and John Tavares. And... For me, I gave them a B plus. I kind of, I just thought it's really what brought it down a little bit was um, was Tavares and Nylander, the bottom half. Although Nylander, I think, had, uh, I mean, he scored the, I guess he broke his record for goals um, with 34 goals that he ended up with, but, um, and 80 points. But, and then Tavares, I mean, he had 76 points in total, which is still pretty good in an 82-game regular season. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're – it was uh, – I, I just thought that they probably – in order to get an A, they had to re- – like, they would have had to have won the President's Trophy, I guess, right? And I don't know if that's – mind you, they always say that that's not the good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not the greatest thing, and we all know Florida's out, so we know that's the case. But um, but yeah, I gave him a B plus for their for this uh, this time. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna look back. You give me your grade. I'm gonna look back. What? Uh, okay, so I actually was similar to you, but I gave them a B minus because for me, Tavares and Nylander kind of brought it down a little bit more um, than. Then I think that that you're thinking um, part of it is, uh, you know, for example, like their plus minus was terrible. So as for team defense, as far as, you know, that half of the core four, I'm talking about JT and Willie, yeah. um, they they really didn't uh, add to our team defense in any measurable way, whereas Marner and Austin really did. You know, right. they really pulled up the slack for that group 
big time. Um, the other part of it is, is that for me, like I just remember at the beginning of the season, how we were really commenting on how Willie looked like he was a different player and he was out on a mission. Yeah. And then in the second half, I don't know what happened, but things just seemed to fall apart and he just didn't seem to kind of have that same drive that he started out the season with. So that could be, you know, a coaching thing because maybe Keith still hasn't found, you know, that perfect mix on how to handle him and what, what Willie needs as far as to keep himself, you know, mentally uh, in the game and wanting, you know, just, hustling yeah. basically yeah um and for jt in a similar way uh i'm wondering if they need to use him differently like uh next year i'm curious to see are they going to move him to the wing um is he as now an older player going to do what jason spezza interestingly said you know this weekend uh that as an older player you have to you have to learn to adapt you have to change your game you have to find different ways to contribute. So I think it's time for him to start looking at that. And I remember like even in, in that Amazon series, when he had that sit down with his uncle, um, you know, who's the, the famous lacrosse player, right? right? Yeah. And his uncle was basically telling him that same thing that, you know, as you age as a player, you need to basically find what is going to be your new way to play. And I'm just not sure that he he has done that completely yet. I know that he's obviously incredible uh, in the face-off dot. And I think that's something that he really focused in on is, is his way to contribute. But it's it's not really enough. Yeah. And if you're winning the face-offs, that's one thing. But if you are also a minus eight, then, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's. You're giving back as much as you're 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 taking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought. Um, so that's why I kind of thought gave them the B minus. A B minus. Yeah, yeah. And last, actually, just so our listeners know, too, the last time we did this regular season grading actually was just before the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. So I was kind of interested to compare as to what, and I didn't look while I was doing my my grades here. I didn't look at what I graded them last time. And I never looked at my, yeah, and basically I was the same. So technically I was a B plus. That's what I gave them in the 2019, 20 season. Um, what did I and give you them? gave them an A minus. Ah, so we kind of flip flopped a little. Yeah, bit. you're you're a little bit better. And I'm a little. Yeah, better. yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that I find uh, interesting. And then I'm not going to say it now because it is part of coaching. I think that the whole mm -hmm. thing, like you were mentioning with Nylander, um, I have it mentioned in our grades for the coach. So um, I do mm -hmm. think that's part of it. So yeah. All right. So what's next? We'll let you go first. So then. So. For our next grouping, we also looked at the bottom forward group. And uh, for that, um, God, that was another tough one because so many of those guys had career years, you know. So I am giving them similarly a B minus. Okay. Because it's really hard for me, it was really hard to, you know, cut them down even more because obviously there's we need a lot more from our depth group. Yeah. Bar none. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you've got Ilya Mikheyev, Pierre Engvall, David Kampf, Kerfoot, they all had career years. Also, you know, Bunting, 
technically he was signed to be in that bottom group, but ended up playing in the top group, but he's not really considered core, right. but he had an incredible year, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, that's basically what I based my grading on. Um, yeah. So, you know, I gave them, uh, I gave them a B as well. Mm -hmm. um, and mostly because like, I basically wrote down each individual player and I, I, like the ones that kind of brought it up were Bunting and David Kempf, um, mm -hmm. and also Cullen Blackwell. Even though he was a late pickup, I really, right. I really hope yeah. that he, um, I hope we can sign him um, to a contract because I think he can be a, a difference maker for us in that bottom six because mm -hmm. um, he's he's kind of like a Bunting type where he likes to get in there and mix it up, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and uh, but yeah, and then. I was expecting a little bit more from Simmons, from Wayne Simmons, but I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, like, cause I don't know. I didn't, I, I just thought that, uh, his, his game dropped off a little bit this year and, um, and Kerfoot, he was good, but, um, I guess I look at the salary too. And I just think, you know, I like the fact that he can go up and down the lineup. Like we've talked about it so many times yeah. during the season, but, um, but yeah. And then, as you mentioned, like Mikheyev, Engvall, um, and Kemp really, uh, really brought up their games and Mikheyev definitely, I think is gone. And, um, mm -hmm. and then the other guy, I guess the other one that's kind of a, I don't know, uh, question mark i suppose as to what happens is andre kasha um right he was yeah you know like he's 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 because of the injuries he's really forgettable yeah too, exactly right? yeah um because he just hasn't hasn't played enough and i just i don't know if if he's gonna be able to contribute much if he doesn't put it this way if he can't contribute for the leaves where i think they manage their players like amongst the top of the league, where is he going to? Yeah. And is another organization going to have the patience to try to, because that's one thing, that's one of the, I guess, the values of the Toronto Maple Leafs is, is basically, you know, putting a player in the position to succeed at whatever, like if a person is talented, they won't give up on you. Right. Right. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be it'll be interesting to see what happens with him because he didn't really get the opportunity to show what he can do. And unless they can work with him over the summer to kind of get him to, you know, just not be as reckless as he is. Like, is it possible for him to change his game and still be successful? Like, that's the other question. Yeah, because he's just very <laughs> wild. Yeah, and gets himself into bad positions. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So, uh, going back, actually, we both marked uh, our bottom forward group better, even though uh, than we did from two years ago. Um, I guess. Um, so I gave them a C minus in twenty nineteen twenty, and you had a C plus. So obviously there's improvement so there's there. There's improvement. Then. So that's good. But we still need more. Well, we just <laughs> that's right. And it's it's always hard to do this after the playoffs because yes. that is what is yeah. so in your mind. So I keep trying to put that out of my head. Yeah. But you know, we've we just we don't have our Nick Paul. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and and the person that could have been that for us. Uh, left in free agency last summer and is doing it for somebody else right now. Yeah, so we all know who that yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
so we, won't we don't go need there. to mention any names. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, that's. Let's just not go to the current playoffs. Anyhow, we'll we'll <laughs> talk a little bit about that later. Um, uh, yeah. All right. So let's move yeah. on to the decor then. Yeah, the decor. Okay. So I gave the decor a B minus. And basically, I mean, both Riley and Brody played all 82 games, which was good. That was a positive. But uh, you're always looking for players that can... That can play the full schedule. And uh, I actually thought, I don't know why, but I actually thought Brody played a little bit better than Riley. I don't know. I, I'm like just somehow. More consistent. Yeah. Maybe that's what anyways. it was. Maybe that's what it yeah. is, is that he's so steady and his game doesn't change much. So yeah. it's it's just very, very stable. Yeah. He's a yeah. And I guess with Riley, horse. because they can't seem to find him. Uh, well, they found Brody as the partner and then they decided yeah. to change that um, during the season and they gave him Labushkin. And um, Labushkin, I, I gave him a B as well. And then... Um, and then basically Muzzin, I gave him a C plus. And that's, I mean, it's kind of hard because he was injured most of the time. But um, but I just thought that in the games that he was there, I mean, technically you're supposed to be 100%. So I I just thought he could have been better. And uh, But then it doesn't help. He was playing with Justin Hall, who I gave a D. I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then... Rounding out, I gave uh, I gave Sandine Rasmus Sandine a B minus, and then um, he only played fifty one games. I gave Giordano a B plus, which is pretty good, I think, considering he only started. I guess after the trade deadline, he came in, and Lilligren I gave him a C plus for his first full season in the uh, in the league. He played sixty one games this year, so from all that, I. I I decided B minus was the was a it probably could have been lower maybe it could have been but I didn't want to be too harsh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Well, I didn't I didn't go through and um basically grade each yeah, yeah. player separately, yeah. but I I gave them a a B minus also. Oh, well, we're the same. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so I and I I agree with with all the things you said. Uh, we just First of all, we need uh, less injuries and we need, I think we need some more young blood to work its way into the lineup. And they also need definitely uh, just if they can get a good defenseman, you know, more veteran presence, like, you know, I'd say in that 27, 28 year old bracket, I don't know if there's you know, much out there or if it can be done by trade, but I think we definitely need um, just more experience and just, just better. Yeah. I think too, when it comes to defense, I think we've mentioned this before, like, even though it's, it may be old fashioned, but deep pairings, they like consistency to know the partners. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's really up to the coaching. I mean, you obviously need the players too, that, that'll that have that chemistry to play together all the time but we need we need to get that somehow we need to have a set deep pairings like yes it's good to be able to mix and match sometimes but the majority of the time you need to know the partner it's just mm-hmm. it just to me it, it 
it makes a huge difference um, when you're trying to to defend. And um, yeah, hopefully, like you said, um, in our future show anyways, we'll be talking about like the free what's out there for free agency and thoughts mm-hmm. of trades and that. But um, well, and, and I, I would like, I don't know, I, I'm hopeful that Muzzin can get his game back. But I really wish that we knew what the heck happened to him, because I know that there's, you know, age related things. Yeah. Uh, but it's like he fell off a cliff this year. And so I don't know if anything happened over the summer that we're not party to, plus the concussions. I mean, he actually put it together pretty well for the playoffs. Like he played great. That was the best hockey he played all season. Yeah, considering um, he was injured too, apparently. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, that wasn't part of the grading. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like for whatever presence he was able to and stability he was able to provide for Hall uh, last season it didn't seem to work for whatever reason this year so yeah and Justin Hall you know even though he's fairly new to playing regular minutes in the NHL he he's not a young guy so uh, sadly I think they're gonna have to move off of him because I don't think that he's gonna they're gonna he's he is what he is at this point I don't see him, you know, greatly improving or adding yeah. that much more to his game, you know, post 30. Yeah. All right. Well, interestingly, our previous mark from two years ago, we actually have the defense improved too. And I do think it has improved, but I, it has yeah, improved. Definitely. definitely. It was, I gave them a C two years ago and you gave them a C minus. So, um, at least it's good to see the uh, that we notice the improvement, <laughs> anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so goaltending is up next, right? What yes. do you give the goaltending? So, oh, God, <laughs> so I have to give the goaltending a C, okay? Uh, because as as great as Campbell played at the beginning of the season lights out it's the fact that Mrazik like right from the get-go when that signing was made um you know in hindsight it was just not not good it did not add any value to our team is and it just I don't know somehow it seemed to from the get-go undermine that whole position I could probably even go lower than a C to begin with but the thing is, is Campbell played so great at the beginning and tightened it up at the end. Uh, he, you know, he basically had 31 wins yeah. in, in 49 games and personal highs. Like there's so there's a lot. And he was in the Vesna, you know, conversation uh, argument yeah. Yeah. conversation at the beginning. So, you know, but Morazic really pulled that all down and that guy can't stay healthy. And for whatever reason, it's just not working here. Or at least it didn't this past season. So I don't know if yeah, he doesn't seem to be as emotionally kind of, you know, up and down as, as Jack. So maybe this kind of thing can roll off of him. He's, he's a veteran. He's been through it before. And I don't think he's ever had a season as bad as this in any campaign no, for him. I don't think so either. So, I, I wasn't too high on him just because of the injuries. Yeah. And, but yeah, I don't think he's and been this in, bad. In my, in my grading too, I include the fact that we've got no goaltending depth. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for so sure. In that yeah. case, I could go lower than a C, like C minus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I gave them a C plus, so I was a little bit more positive only because of uh, 
obviously Jack Campbell, like he was an all-star as well. He made the all-star mm-hmm. game. And um, yep. and also I thought Eric Schulgren actually, I mean, he he only played the 14 games, but it's it's a tough go to be put into the, especially when Morazic got injured there. And then yeah. it was him that had to go in like it was in out of the blue. And then he kind of from there, he had to kind of take over um, the number one job, sort of, uh, until until Campbell came back from his injury towards the, uh, I guess, mid to end of the season. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I don't know what they're going to do with Campbell with the I I hope like, I mean, you cannot give him more than. Four million, in my opinion, um, per season. Like, if he's looking for more than that, like, sayonara, see you later. <laughs> well, maybe in that regard, it's this is the best case scenario because uh, you know, by kind of going in the dumpster fire there for a while, yeah. he cut a little bit off of his uh, pay, which is better for us. So maybe this is the way it needed to work out. And mm. I agree with you with Shalgren. I just thought that was little bit too much too small of a sample size to really oh, yeah. Yeah. see what you got there but yeah definitely he's a cool customer and I really think that when he comes into a game he is ready to go yeah. so and I think um, this yeah like, it may actually with Shulgren it may actually help him for future like to maybe be our backup um for sure first, to have this experience um which wasn't let's just say it's not the way he thought he was going to become an NHL, come into the NHL, but it might really work out for him to have this bit of uh, experience uh, to come into the, into the big club. But, um, but yes. And I honestly don't think that he was, you know, next on the totem pole for the organization. It just turned out that way because the other heir parents can't stay healthy either. So that's the, uh, that seems to be our problem with the, with our goaltending um, depth mm-hmm. is keeping them healthy because Joseph Wall, Ian Scott. Um, yeah. But anyhow. All right. So we actually, I gave them two years ago. I gave them a B because that obviously mm-hmm. Freddie was there. So. Freddie factor. Freddie factor, <laughs> which is another issue in the, these, these playoffs now. So everything is so, it's so bizarre what's happening to him, but we won't get into that. It's uh and then you gave, them a C plus slash a uh, couple of years ago. So, um, hmm. so it's about the, the same, I guess, so it's but kind of a wash yeah, really then. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes mm-hmm. to the goaltending, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, uh, with our goaltending. All right. And the final category, we have the coaching. So the coaching, what did you give Sheldon Keefe? Um, I gave him, uh, cause again, this is where I have to be <laughs> like, okay, no playoffs. Yeah. Take that out of the equation. Yeah. I gave him a B plus. All right. And and maybe I could even argue that I should be giving him an A minus or the coaching staff an A minus because, okay, actually, let's stick with the A minus because obviously we have the most successful year ever as an organization. Right. Our penalty kill was incredible. So the coaches that they hired and the strategies they had in place for that, uh, they they dominated the league for that. Uh, also, the um, power play was t- stellar, and they adapted and made changes there and implemented those. 
And we saw growth in so many players. So I think obviously that there's some sour feelings, um, you know, from where we are, recency bias. But but yeah, I think I, I, I'm going to actually upgrade it to the A- minus for the coaching. All right. And um, okay, so I gave him a B. Um, mm-hmm. And... Basically, maybe you weren't able to take yourself out of playoff mode enough. No, but the other thing, too, is I guess from what I was things that I've read and 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 listened to on the uh, on the radio and that. Um, but they basically they he he wasn't able to get a set second line for all season that handling like the way we we're talking before with the core four with Nylander and Tavares like mm-hmm. like. They were going so well, like he, like in, I guess, November, December, as a pair, as a, that pairing of that second line. And then he had Kerfoot on the other wing. And then when it dropped off, like you said, whether or not it, you said like the coaching of Willie, like to try it, cause he's technically the driver or should be the driver of the line. And mm-hmm. he, for that, for the whole second half of the season, he couldn't really get that line going again. In, in into the playoffs, and that's the coach's job is to get yeah those those are fair to points. get that lot to and it's huge for us because it's part of the core mm-hmm. that and it's a second line right they're supposed to have when you go with the matchups like Matthew's line is obviously having the toughest matchup and then Nylander and Tavares are supposed to be going against. Uh, um, the opponent's lesser players, let's just say, right? So they should be able to cash in on that. And they just, I don't know, the like Keith couldn't and the coaching staff just couldn't get that that line going again for the second half of the season and into the playoffs. And then he never had a set fourth line. And again, that comes down to player personnel, I guess. But um, at some point, you got to have a fourth line that is consistent and able to just go in and and bring energy to the group throughout the season. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't even have in my mind, like I know Wayne Simmons and Spezza and um, who's the other one? I can't even remember who the other person is, like the going in and out of the Clifford Clifford that was towards the end of the season. Which he came in later on. Yeah. 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 Like there's all, and um, I guess Blackwell ended up coming in after the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Kasha was on there a little bit too, yeah. um, but there was nothing consistent. Like it, it makes it, well, you see with Tampa Bay, right? They had their Maroon, Perry, and uh, Ross Colton, I think is the other one, right? Like they had of a set line. Um, I, I believe they were the set line during the, during the regular season too. Um, and then going into the playoffs, but, um, it makes a difference to have a line like that to bring energy and just muck it up in the corners and, and just, um, yeah. And we, he just didn't have that. So that's why I gave him a B, um, for the, for that. So, and what did we have a couple of years ago? We had, were we the same or close? Yeah, I was, I was a B. So he's technically, he stayed the same and you gave him an A and that was his, (laughs) that was his first season being named coach then. So technically he's, I guess for us, he hasn't really improved that much. So next year is going to be a big year. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a big year for everybody. But um, but yeah, so we've graded the team now and we're going to reveal our top three Ladies Talking Leafs highlight real moments from this 2021-22 season. So let's roll it. All right. So the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel entry number three. This is from episode four, all the way back in October when Austin Matthews was yelling on the bench in an overtime win versus Chicago. We love to see the emotion from our team leader and perhaps future captain. Uh, yeah, that definitely was, I think, a pivotal moment in in change that I saw in him and how how I viewed him as a player. And he basically filled those skates and a whole lot more going forward from that. Um, yeah. So I think that was the first inkling of what we were going to get from him this year. And he did not disappoint. Yeah, and, and just at that point in the season, October, I mean, we weren't going well. And that was the game mm-hmm. that really, because Willie scored in overtime in Chicago. And that was just the right. game that kind of got them going again to get their mojo back. And to see yeah. him on the bench like that, all fired up. And and we think he was yelling at Justin Hall at that point yeah. to wake up. Yeah, for, I think he went offside or something. <laughs> yeah. That um, yeah. that you need that emotion. And it's good to see. That's what we, mm. we want to see. No, that. and I mean... To see that too, like so early on in the season, I mean, when you can, you know, if there's any time that people feel like they can maybe dog in, it's them, it's then. And, uh, and yeah, like he was all business from the start to finish. And, uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. All right. So moving on to number two on the highlight reel, we going back to episode 13, which was also our 50th episode. Uh, and on March 8th, it was the celebration of a thousand games for the pride of Scarborough, one of our Scarborough players, Wayne Simmons. So, um, yeah, I just thought, um, I don't know, you weren't there in the building that night, um, but mm-hmm. I was there and um it was just a special night and just seeing his like family there and and the daughter and the wife and and they gave him the silver yeah and the little silver little sticks silver for sticks. His little girls yes. i love that yeah and it's um, and it's always yeah. a, it's a huge moment for a player to i guess mm-hmm. to play a thousand games and um yeah and to do that in in your hometown to be able to do that uh and have your hometown fans celebrate that with you um, yeah, I think that it was a special moment and, and, you know, it's, it's a great moment for diversity in the game too. Like, yeah. So there's so, there's, there's so many great storylines and so many reasons why that was a very, very special moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. And so we're going to our number one, <laughs> I wouldn't... ladies talking leafs highlight real moment of this there. season. <laughs> Anybody guess what it is? It's from episode 15, where Austin Matthews breaks Rick Vives' franchise goal scoring record by scoring his 55th and 56th goals versus the Dallas Stars. And we definitely loved the celebration on this one, too. It was incredible. Um, yeah, that was pretty think, amazing. And I think when I know, was looking at the re- I was looking at the replay again, and I think that's why it deserves number one, just the fact that he mm-hmm. skated by the, all the Dallas crowd. He had his arms wide open and it was just like, yeah. <laughs> like he was giving everybody a big hug. But it was just it was it was yeah. just fantastic. And um, and it's been a long time 
like for that Rick Vives had that record and it's unbelievable for a franchise that's been around so long that um that another player hadn't like broken that record it's uh it's it's mm-hmm. quite an accomplishment and um yeah and he's very well deserving of our of our number one spot that's for sure because yes. there, there were other moments too but this one yes obviously there was a lot of good yeah. ones and uh, mitch you know could have had some honorable mentions here also yeah. um but uh yeah it was a special very special season for am34 and uh, it was a nice way to to bookend our ladies talking leaves highlight reel segment for the year yeah So obviously we all know that Austin has only two years left on his current deal before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't get to that point and the Leafs sign him on the dotted line next season and we'll be able to negotiate in a good deal for him. Um, And the team. With that, we're... (laughs) Yes, and the team, exactly. With that, we're going to move on to our third period segment uh, where we're going to discuss... Brendan Shanahan and uh, some of the comments that he made about uh, Austin Matthews. Yeah. So for the third period, there was a lot in that press conference. Let's just say uh, not, not, mm-hmm. they didn't give away too much, but just, I don't know. Yeah, there, it's kind of a funny thing to say there was a <laughs> yeah. lot when there wasn't really a lot. So like, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, they didn't give us much to work no. with, but, but uh, to read between the lines, I guess there was a lot, yes. maybe or trying uh, mm-hmm. us as fans trying to read between the lines, mm-hmm. but um yeah, at least I was happy we didn't hear those famous words about uh, learning lessons. Oh, my God. If we heard about that again, I would have screamed probably. And uh, But Shani did have some comments about Austin Matthews. and um, But in regards to the team itself, for me, it was the same message he's been given for the past three or four years, basically, what, what he said. But um, Shanahan said he would love to make Austin Matthews a leave forever. And Kyle Dubas followed that up by saying that he has had conversations with Austin Matthews um, and that he believes they are close. So hopefully that's the case. Um, A couple of comments that I thought were the usual from Shanahan were not making a change for the sake of change, um, which obviously us as fans, we don't expect that either. Um, He spoke how Leafs Nation is great, but um, I'm not sure they... For me personally, I don't think, what do you think? So like, do you think like they might lose some of the younger fans here if they just keep going like this when it comes to losing in the playoffs? I don't know. Um, um I don't know. Like I, cause I kind of feel like the younger fans that are fans are, they could be even more diehard than some of us older folks because they've had nothing to cheer for and they still became fans. So I kind of think that, you know, if this is going to make them fall off, I I don't know. I But then you could be right. Like, I could be totally missing the mark on that because, uh, you know, the attention span is, isn't the greatest. And there's a lot of different things that kind of are vying for their attention. But um, yeah, I don't know. And then the other thing is this killer instinct again. <laughs> and, and Shanahan said that he saw a different team and a different approach, which we did too at the start of the se- mm-hmm. at the start of the season, and even into the playoffs, we saw it. Um, but he said, Shanahan said, "We're still seeking that killer instinct, but we're doing the things we need to do." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay," I'm like, 
I don't know. And then I just a couple of comments that some of the players made after after the playoffs were over, like Nylander. He said, we are slowly understanding what it takes to win. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, but, really? I mean, <laughs> I'm like, do, does it need to be this yes. slowly? <laughs> Wait, I, I, and then Jake Muzzin said, we have more to give. And it's like, well, if you have more. But how could you have more to give yeah, I, is the whole question, right? Should You shouldn't have any more. No. I know that they, I guess, I don't know, maybe that's really hard. Maybe that's why the first round is the hardest, because you know that you've got to get through four rounds. But honestly, I think the best approach, and we've seen this from other Leafs teams also, um, you got to leave it all out on the table. You got to let it all go. Like there's, you can't, there's, you can't hold anything for anything down and the then road. You, and then you got to so, yeah, and you got to wonder with Nylander, like I mean, you saw what he was doing. Everyone's talking about it. I was surprised actually that he went over to play for Sweden in mm-hmm. the World Championships, and um, and he but he was like hitting people, like obviously, mm-hmm. like apparently he was almost like a power forward <laughs> from what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh well, maybe that's what Jake and Muzzin was was referring to more to give that way, right? So why wasn't he giving that with the Leafs? Um, well, what position does he play though in Sweden? Oh, he's, does he play yeah, a yeah. wing? He's a winger. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. So anyways, I don't know. I was this whole killer instinct thing. It's like, you can't get much slower than this now. It's, um, well, I mean, I, I do think that, you know, one of the things that a lot of people have said is that you don't have it until you have it. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's like, they haven't had it yet, but. You're not going to have it until you have it. Yeah. So and I don't think that's something that's necessarily you can, you know, force into people. I think that at some point the, the flip, the switch uh, flips yeah. and then you've got it and then you capitalize on it. Well, um, but until you, until that, that switch flips. Yeah. Well, we thought the flips switched when we were looking at them in the preseason last year, and we were uh, when we yeah. went down. Well, I I thought I thought for sure yeah. that it, it it seemed to flip with Willie, yeah, because that's what he I mean. seemed yeah. like a different guy. But that's why I just I don't know. I I wonder, and I I know we're probably going to get more into this in a, in a you know one of our next episodes uh, when we're talking about things that could happen in the off season, but. Uh, but I just wonder if, you know, it's not so much a change of scenery, but a more of an opportunity for him to be the guy. And maybe that's the difference when he's on Team Sweden. He gets to be more the guy. Yeah. And he yeah. and and maybe that's the thing. He's he's got an ego, which we all know and love in some ways. But this and this goes um, back to the coaching then when like I don't yeah. know if they just need to come out and tell him like you're the driver of the line with Tavares like yeah. you do what you well and I mean I'm just I'm wondering if like what if they flip them what if he becomes the center and Tavares becomes the winger yeah you never you know can yeah. you get more he's a good playmaker can you get more out of him that way yeah yeah true so yeah, I don't know well because they they've toyed with it but again it's that whole thing of not not really sticking with it until it bears fruit type of thing as well right so and then the final comment I guess was just from Dubas that I pointed point want to point out here it says he said the way the team played in the regular season and then the way we played in the series was much different than previous seasons it's like yeah sure but you still didn't win 
<laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I was just like, so what do you yeah, take out of that? That's true. Comment, right. Exactly. What does that yeah. mean? Like it's like what difference? I, does it I would make? say the first <laughs> the first half of that obviously bore fruit because look at the success the team had on on the ice. It was a very successful season, a very uh, interesting season and a very enjoyable season to watch as a fan. And I mean, one of the things that I I think is that as Leaf fans, maybe we need to stop focusing so much on the playoffs and just, you know what, just enjoy the season. Yeah. And we we said that too during our shows during the regular season. It does take away from everything when this, you basically are putting all of your eggs in this one, you know, month and a half, two month basket. And that's all that matters. And so many amazing things happen for this team this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so, for bottom sure. line. Yeah. 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 But but like you said, though, is that, you know, it's basically he's saying that they play different, but there's still nothing. I mean, they had. From yeah. It, right. And they they were playing, obviously, the cup champions, uh, the Tampa Bay yeah. Lightning. And um, but. Mm-hmm. But then you can't use that as an excuse either. Like, be- No, because, and like we said in, in one of our earlier episodes leading into the playoffs, that it, at some point you have to beat the best team, yeah. whether that's in the first round or, or the, in fourth the fourth round. round. Yeah. You know, like this, this, the sad reality is this is the system that we have to work with. So you can't blame the system. No. If some, you have to beat the best team at some point. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, we're heading into June now, and the Stanley Cup playoffs are in the conference final stage with Edmonton getting past Calgary, which who, who saw that coming, and uh, getting ready to face Colorado, which thank goodness that happened. And the Lightning have been off for a bit after sweeping the Panthers and will either face the Rangers or the Hurricanes, who have headed are headed to a Game 7 um, as we are uh, doing this podcast. So, yeah. Who are you cheering for well, or sort of cheering for? <laughs> well, you probably, everybody probably knows this. I still, even though it's yes. between obviously Naz and Zach Hyman, but I, I'm cheering for Naz. I want Kadri uh, to mm-hmm. hopefully get, uh, get past Edmonton and um, yeah, and go to the finals. But um, I mean, Hyman, I love what he, what he's doing there and uh it's great he's having success but um i don't know i think it i was trying to figure out because both players we love both players but i'm like mm-hmm. kind of stings a little bit more with hyman what he's doing there <laughs> I don't know. well it's kind of like when bozak left and is in in his first year yeah with the blues won the cup yeah. like you don't want to see that you want to see your players that's true that leave have to pay their dues a little bit more yeah. and then in, in and, the other series i don't really care <laughs> and the yeah and the, the other thing with nas too is that it, that wasn't a free agency thing he was traded that's true yeah. and he did not want to yeah. leave so there's a little bit of a soft spot there for a guy who really wanted to stay and you know, is making the best of, of the situation he's in. So, and the other part of that too, for me, like with Colorado is, is, okay. So Edmonton made it over the first round hump and, and, and the second round hump. Great. But Colorado, if they manage to pull this off and get after their, get, you know, into the Stanley cup final, finally, that would be really good to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
both of these teams have, you know, gotten a monkey off of their back, so to speak. But Colorado's been knocking at the door for a lot longer. And I think that I would like to see that. And yeah, and the other the other one, yeah. I don't really have a rooting interest, yeah. but I find that Carolina is kind of looking very much like like the Leafs, you know, can only win at home. So lucky for them, they have home ice advantage. So yeah, hopefully. I don't know. And, that, and I don't, Friday apparently is, is with the team there um, practicing mm-hmm. and all that right now. So maybe he'll... It's a slow go. Yeah, him, maybe though. he'll just come back for the last... Well, uh, maybe the last two rounds if they can get past the Lightning and go to the finals, mm-hmm. but maybe he's saving himself for that. I don't know. It's just very odd the way his injury has happened almost exactly the same as last season with us. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so that's the current, um, I guess, NHL playoffs, what's going on there. And But when it comes to the Leafs and Shanahan and Dubas, they really didn't give us much to chew on going into the offseason, um, which... It's expected because obviously they know how the market works and they're not going to tell us. They're not going to want to tell us exactly what they're thinking. So um, I was just hoping to... Not to mention too, I think the other part of the equation is is that they can't... You can't amplify anything that's not there because whatever is put out there, any little tidbit is going to be exploited and amplified a hundredfold here. So... They probably did themselves a favor by really not giving much anybody much to work with. And yeah. I was just hoping for them to show a little bit more urgency in their message. But that's not yeah. them, basically, especially Shanahan. No. He's pretty calm and just stoic in his in his messages. But yeah. we'll see how it goes. And um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about what we think the Leafs should do with their player personnel in terms of possible trades, free agency, who might push for a job for the Marlies because Kyle Dubas did say in his season ending presser that um, he's hoping that some Marlies can come up and take a spot next season. And then of course we can go on forever about the never ending question about our goaltending with the organization. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we also will be having a special guest on our next show, Mike Ogello, AKA Mike in Buffalo. Uh, he covers the Leafs as a reporter for Hockey Buzz and co-hosts a couple of different podcasts. Uh, one is Off the Post Radio and also the Leafs Convo. And he is a writer for Full Hockey, Full Press Hockey. So be sure to follow our show wherever you listen to us and you won't miss a thing. Yeah. And also be sure to follow us on so- social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. And a reminder to please be sure to leave us a re- rating or a review and let us know what you think of the show. It's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for Leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. And another way to help us out, as we mentioned earlier, is by visiting our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support our show by buying us a coffee. Any donation you make goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. You can find the link to our Ko-fi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. Yeah, And don't forget to check out our ladiestalkingleafs.com website for the new book review that we're going to that we're going to be posting on Monday um, for uh, a book of Rick Vives book. So yeah, we, we want to also take this time to thank our healthcare workers and first responders for everything that they do. And for now, go leave, go. Leaf, go. go.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.